0: You're listening to Everyday Enlightenment. I'm your host, Tricia Marknoan, And today we're going to be exploring the language of the soul, truth, beauty, anger, and this idea of perfection that we have. More and more, I'm finding that people are questioning this perfection, and perhaps they have been across time, but it seems to be of more importance these days. This idea of perfection can really creep into all aspects of our lives, especially on the seeker's path. Those of us who are more inclined to a spiritual bent and are viewing or have a lens of the world through spirituality I've been seeing this idea of that they need to get it right. They need to understand what it means and then do it. So that basically what they're hoping for is the pain will go away and the the struggle will go away if they just understand it and if they're just a little bit more perfect. So today we're going to talk about that. Welcome. Guys, I have a confession to make. And for those of you who know me, you're going to laugh, but I am a recovering perfectionist. So I understand this concept deeply from a deep personal place. From a very early age, I realized that if I could just fly under the radar, and do things perfectly, or well enough that I wouldn't get very much attention, that was the way to go. (laughs) But unfortunately, it really wrecked me (laughs) for many years, and it's only been in the past several years, to be honest, that I have been shedding these layers that feel like felt like chains. You're only spiritual if you do yoga, you are only going to stay healthy and clean and be able to um, connect with a higher source if you eat a certain way. You're only able to be accepted by society if you are married and have children. You are only loved if you compromise even your some of your deepest truths. And I pause here because I wonder if any of you this resonates with. There were there are a lot of choices that we make based on these old notions of acceptance of what's right for others. And as we move into this new paradigm of consciousness, And we are excavating and uncovering the deep-seated issues with having a predominantly masculine approach to life. As we're shedding light on those, we're starting to see that this idea of acceptance based on pleasing and being perfect and doing it the quote unquote right way whenever we have a thought like well this is the right way I would invite you to question that thought and then question that thought again because what that could be doing for you is creating a box and creating barriers within your own mind around your truth. It's a very masculine approach to look at things as should and shouldn't, good and bad, the judgmental, The judgment is very masculine. And when we stop with that's good and that's bad oh, obviously it's bad when you know, some terrible event happens or obviously it's good when someone wins the lottery, you know. We have these uh, preconceived notions of what good and bad are, what should be good, what should happen and what shouldn't happen. And what we're missing is a much bigger picture. Because those judgments are based on personal experience and personal issues that may or may not have been recognized yet. And so any time that we judge something as good and bad, right and wrong, yes and no, we are in effect at times stopping the flow of things. And because we do live in the society that we live in today, there are times when we do need to make choices and we need to move forward and make a plan and that's where the beauty of the masculine. I think I've talked about this before. It's being able to have a structure and a framework. But within that framework, there can be a built in flow. And that's the feminine. The voice of the feminine is the voice of our soul. And it doesn't speak the language of right and wrong, good and bad, yes and no. (laughs) That'd be too easy. It speaks the language of truth, integrity, and beauty. So while it's really easy for you, for all of us, to be able to look at someone's situation and judge it, oh they've got it made it's so easy for them or oh my god you know sending pity their way is one way to judge or um, condemning is another way to judge in the end we don't know what their soul's journey is. And this is important. I want us to sit with this for a little bit because we we don't know what their soul's purpose is. Sometimes we can see options if you're an intuitive or an empath. You can see a person's, um, it's like ABCD, you know, you can see these different avenues they could take based on different choices that they have, but ultimately the soul knows what is true for them and what they need and what's beautiful for them. And what beauty means to them. And for some, struggle is beautiful. Because through that struggle, they were able to find and receive gifts unimaginable to anyone else and exactly what they needed. The language of the soul is something that we need to sink in and give credit to. (laughs) I'm laughing because a lot of times I talk about discernment. Discerning. What is your mind chatter and what is a deep truth coming from your heart? your soul. Your heart is the seat of your soul. And it's, it's a little bit of practice and it's a little bit of checking in more and more often with that. And I hesitate talking about, I want to talk about the masculine and the feminine, but I hesitate because a lot of times our minds go immediately to men and women. And that's not what the masculine and the feminine are. You can be a woman and fully embody a masculine energy and presence and vice versa. A man who fully embodies a feminine energy. And... What this means is that we, as a human, as a human being, we are looking for some sort of a balance. And I hesitate using that word too, because sometimes that can ignite the perfectionism (laughs) in many spiritual seekers like, Oh my God, I have to find the balance. Give me the balance. Yeah, balance is balance is a daily practice. It's not something that just happens and it stays there. It's a daily practice. One of my favorite visuals of a balance of the masculine and the feminine is the yin-yang imagery. And it was like, it was so popular in the mid nineties. Remember that? How everyone had like those little chokers with the yin-yang image on it and t-shirts and it was kind of everywhere so it makes me I chuckle like I I have this cultural association with the yin yang imagery um, you know right along with um, the papyrus font (laughs) used on signs for like healing and wellness centers and all this stuff Um, but but really, when I step back and I look at the history of that image and the meaning of it and how beautiful it symbolizes this um, interplay of the masculine and the feminine and how there's a bit of the masculine within the feminine and vice versa with uh, uh, different colored dots within the larger blocks of color or black and white, um, there's really it's really a perfect way to show what this interplay looks like. And so when we think about listening to our hearts, tuning in to the language of our soul, let's begin by not Asking ourselves if I should or shouldn't, or if this is right or wrong, or good or bad, or what, you know, these, the soul and the heart, oftentimes, doesn't really understand that. It's like, if, you, if you've ever trained a puppy or a dog, which I'm doing right now, fascinating, by the way, and wonderful, I love my puppy, but anyway, um, if you've ever trained a dog, it's so interesting because they eventually learn human language, but it's not their first language. And they are what they're really doing is they're reading your body language. They can f- hear your breath. So if it's if you're feeling anxious, you know you breathe a little bit shallower, and they feel a little more anxious. They um, can smell like stress hormones. It's it's fascinating. Uh, watching, it's been really interesting for me to watch my how my puppy interacts and reacts to different people and situations. And it's been uh, super validating, actually. <laughs> I'm like, Oh, yeah, I feel the same way. <laughs> or it's a a mirror to myself, same with my son, uh, very much so a mirror to my own um, feelings. But these Little people and animals are a good way, a good barometer to see where we are and what's going on for us. And this is the same for, this is the same way that we are training and working with and opening up to our hearts. So if you ask your heart all the time, over and over, yes, no, good, bad, you know. It might make a decision for you, or something might make a decision for you. But if you sink into that decision even deeper, and you ask it, is this true for me? What's the most true and beautiful thing that this can be for me? You might still get a different answer. Because the soul and the heart don't often decide things that way, but they see things in a very different trajectory. And so as we're trying to put together our lives and make the best decisions and do the right thing, and retire early, and figure it all out by the time I'm 45, you know. The soul and the heart get a little bit lost in that. Because to them, the beauty is the journey. And the beauty is the struggle that's why we're here we're here to experience joy and struggle both we're here to integrate these deep feelings that are very human and very real there's no shame in feelings in fact the deeper you feel as a person, the more feelings that you have as a person, the more connected you are. It's a good thing. The more connected you are to the divine because the divine speaks to you through your feelings in your body. And in our masculine culture of today... There's a lot of severing at the neck where it's all thought-based and, um, but thought-based that's divorced from the feelings and it was never meant to be that way. Our feelings were never meant to be divorced from our thoughts. In fact, they were supposed to be very much so interlaced just like that yin-yang image because they inform each other. I heard it described really, really interestingly. Imagine your thoughts. Imagine this um, journey to consciousness is like a boat. And your thoughts are like a mast. So you're, you're a sailboat So your mind is like a mast. It's It's strong. It's very important to the journey, but without the sails, it, it doesn't do any good. It doesn't help you. And the sails are your feelings. They show you which way to go. And the wind is the universe pointing you in the right direction. The direction that your soul is going so if we can remember and I'm saying this as much to myself as to all of you as we can remember on a daily basis when we start to get really worked up about something pertaining to well anything Stopping, perhaps asking yourself, is this the most true thing for me? Is this the most beautiful way that I can be? And letting your sails get filled with the answer so that you can... Go in the direction of your soul, your heart and your your heart, your soul, the divine within you, however you want to describe it, it will not steer you wrong. It may um, <laughs> churn things up for lack of a better way of describing it. It may turn your life upside down, it may. Bring you nose to nose with some of the most um, difficult and hard decisions that you've ever had to make before. But it won't steer you wrong. And on the other side of that is your life. The life you were meant to live. Oftentimes we, as we're entering into this journey and to this path of stepping back and stepping in and turning to our own truth more and more and then speaking it, what we find is a lot of anger. And this kind of anger I'm talking about is not the indulgent kind of anger where you (laughs) flip on the, the news, right? And you get bombarded with some mediocrity. But this the anger that I'm talking about is deep. And it can be like a fuel. And it comes out it's hot and it's fast and it's uh, it surprises it may surprise you it may not but it may Um, when I was going through my angry time (laughs) I had a long period of time where I was deeply deeply angry and um, it's different for everybody and uh, however long it lasts is different for everybody. Um, but it made me really uncomfortable, and I felt it was all, it was layered with shame because I was coming from a place, which is why I was angry, that feelings like that weren't okay, and in fact, they were. Um, they would mean that you wouldn't be loved, and that you would be shunned for who you were and, and displaying and vocalizing any feeling, any feeling, really. So I had a lot of anger in there and the anger was covering up the real jewels, the real stuff, the real me. Um, and it was a good defense. I mean, it was a strong, long lasting defense. What I'd like to say is that when we layer our feelings with shame, because we're having a feeling, or that we are expressing a feeling, when we layer it with shame, it's like adding even more fuel to the fire, and your anger then can spiral. It doesn't just spiral, that's not the only thing, but it just feels terrible. (laughs) Terrible. When we are judging ourselves for the feelings that we're having. So this is where having some self-compassion for yourself and the feelings that are coming up and needing healing because that's all this, this process is as anger comes up or whatever the other feelings are that are coming up. Um, they are needing space to heal. They're needing you as the responsible adult container in human form (laughs) to help process them out through your body. They're needing your recognition and your um, tenderness. Because in the end... These feelings come from such an innocent place. They come from such a deep, innocent place. Like a small child. Who doesn't know what else to do. Is scared. Is afraid. And so if we can sit back and notice that and then turn inward and And these moments that we are feeling the most um, (laughs) vulnerable and intense. The more that we can do that, the more the truth will come forward. The beauty will shine through. And being perfect will become less and less of the ideal. Because the more that you learn to turn inward and listen to yourself and honor your own feelings and your own experiences... all of them all of your experiences and feelings the more you're strengthening that muscle of living in your integrity embodying inviting and embodying more of that feminine energy in which is ease and grace, knowing, heart, love, intuition, acceptance, tolerance, life. The more that we let those qualities in our lives, the more we'll start to feel ourselves in that dance of balance. And then perfection just doesn't even matter. It doesn't matter what someone else thinks. or so If you all of a sudden discover who you really are and it's not what anyone else imagined, so what? It's, it's your life. This is your life. How are you going to live the most honestly? How are you going to find that truth and beauty within you? And then what are you going to do with it? Thank you for joining us today on our journey, talking about truth and beauty, anger and perfection the language of the soul and the heart it can feel really counterintuitive to stop looking outside of you and to start feeling inside of you and yet more and more this is where the collective is discovering their true power resides they're more easily able to deal with struggle and pain, they're more able to receive joy without feeling like the other shoe's going to drop. And you're not alone in this journey at all. There's so many of us on it with you. Learning to listen to our hearts, trusting our hearts, and trusting that we do know what's best for our own lives. I wish you all the best, and I so appreciate you being here. Until next time, namaste.